When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on Thursday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr is with us, and uh, I think he is out of rum after yesterday's open letter from the commissioner. Hope you're doing okay. We will uh, get through this together 24 hours later, nearly. You can join us at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. 5865. You can find us on Twitter. Follow us, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Or uh, give Damon a follow at Damon Barr. That's two R's. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So uh, just take a second and ask yourself an answer. Has your venom subsided? Has your anger, has your frustration, has your disappointment? Are you out of things to break? Some of us growing up had a, a uh, and I got this for my 21st birthday, it, it was a foam brick to throw. And we all have stories about a moment in, in Nebraska football where when you had your fan hat on, or at least with me before getting into media, I watched religiously, win as a kid, always win as a kid with my family, was super blessed to do that. Remember my first Oklahoma game? My feet still haven't thawed. 1990, thank you, Calvin Jones. And, uh, you know, you, 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 it, it's a part of you where you're watching and you're cheering and you want them to win, and there were some amazing years. And there were some really tough losses. And when you were pissed about something, so maybe it was a remote, maybe a, a, a drink was spilled, maybe there was that foam brick you had too, you could throw so it wasn't, oh, I got to go to get a new TV next week. <laughs> I kid you not, based on on the, the, the winning and losing record in big games, sometimes my, my folks had the, the, the big living room TV. Sometimes it only lasted a year because it was the problem. We got to get a new TV because clearly it had – all the things to do with Nebraska losing a close game to Colorado or or Oklahoma or that non-conference showdown. But have you uh, come to, to, to terms and grips with, all right, sweet, let's uh, save our fury and energy and, and fandom and passion. Let's keep it bottled up a few more months for January. Listen, I, I can't quite get behind... January, just because of the immediacy that there's not, not going to be anything 
this fall. And I was clinging to hope that some of the wild, crazy rumors out there of, of, of putting together a fall schedule could still happen. And I knew it probably was not going to happen, but man, I was hoping for it because I, I love talking about it and I love you listening to me about it. I'm blessed that you have. So you had things laid out yesterday in the open letter. That came down at five. We talked about it with Brad Edwards uh, and, and took some of your thoughts on it yesterday. Really uh, nice sit down uh, with Ronnie Green uh, by a, uh, an affiliate outlet that, that did a great job. And, and Ronnie Green kind of laid some, some info out as to the, the process behind this decision that was doubled down and stamped on by Commissioner Warren about not revisiting. So just some some points from that, that Ronnie Green discussion and interview. First and foremost, Nebraska was never really serious about leaving the Big Ten. There was a vote for sure on Tuesday after several previous meetings. Additional info came from the medical community and from separate campuses between uh, the schedule release and the vote to postpone. So I want to stop there. There's always new information coming. There's always new medical advice that exists, and I know it's there's a plethora of it in a conference with the, the credentials of the Big Ten and the medical community that lives within the Big Ten. And, you know, I, I want to know how loud and it, UNMC's voice was compared to the University of Michigan's voice or Northwestern's voice or Rutgers or Iowa City. I mean, whose voice won out with this new medical information? Myocarditis is, is the oh, oh God. And I'm not downplaying that disease at all. I just know that you can get it from other viruses. You have another college football player on Twitter saying, oh, man, I've, I've got myocarditis. Uh, that's been going on with me since this COVID infection. And that sucks. And that's, that's lifelong. And that is tragic. And I pray that those that are inflicted will get the medical help they, they deserve and they can, can battle it. But when you have new info from the medical community, between let's launch a schedule and let's pump the brakes and then just turn the keys off, you know, turn the ignition off. Poorly planned, poorly planned, poorly executed. And and you're not listening to your coaches. The presidents that voted are not listening to their coaches. They're not listening to their athletic directors. And and I have, I have a real problem with that 24 hours later. Um, you have a non-unanimous vote and you have kind of the iron gal, you know, gavel that comes down that says, you know, uh, no moonlighting outside because the plan is to, to play eventually in the spring. Everyone's got to be on the same page to move forward. And, and you, 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 you do not have that other than just dictatorship from the commissioner. And that, that's why you have a commissioner. You have a commissioner to make tough calls, and you have a commissioner to make decisions uh, based on input from members of the conference. So 
when it comes to playing this fall, not going to happen. The thing that I'm interested in, if if you have things that are kicked off here by the end of September or in the Big 12's case, uh, early part of September, I, I still think they're kind of week zero, aren't they? I think so, Damon. If if things travel this path where you have Power 5 success in October and November, can you revisit? And I know yesterday the open letter from Commissioner Warren said we will not revisit. But if things move forward and you're still on the sideline, that's awful. And as a college football fan, are you torn or are you if you can't beat them, join them type mentality where, okay, I love college football so much, I'm going to shift my allegiance to a conference or a team or any football is great football. And I'm kind of that way. If there is football, I liked watching the SEC anyway. I liked watching the Pac-12 after dark anyway. Whenever we got done covering Nebraska football and Real Red Reaction would wind down. So any football is good football for me. Same with the NFL. I mean, all of that's fine. I'll be able to to scratch my itch with football, but it's going to be so hard to to not have a, a spring season, a spring session, and then the excitement and just the anticipation, and you feel so horrible for the kids that have put the work in and want to go play football, and, and Nebraska has been immaculate with their safety and health protocols. Nebraska gives not just one, but two dams about their student-athletes. And they've done everything in their power to make them safe. And that's why this vote is is short-sighted. Because there are places where you can participate. And I understand there are places where the medical data says, or the governor says, no. But that isn't that in Nebraska. That is in Iowa. That isn't Columbus. And, and I think... That is is very tone deaf to not listen to those places that have handled the protocols and and tested their student athletes and protected their student athletes to let them play ball. And uh, the Big Ten is spoken, and uh, we'll see if January is a reality. That's the other part. Are you still pissed? To do you think January's just more BS? Or does January happen? I mean, Ohio State's pushing for that better than nothing, hoping they can get a percentage of their kids to play before they go off to the NFL. John's with us on Hale Varsity. John, kick us off. Thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, I got a question uh, that hasn't been talked about a whole lot. Is why, why did the NCAA pass the buck to the leagues to make their own determination? Because it seems, I mean, the NCAA for the last 20 years have, has beaten the drum of equity to death. And everything they do is about equity. Well, this seems to be about the most unequitable thing that could happen. And so uh, I want to chime in on that. I, I'd like to here's, hear Here's thoughts. what the NCAA is. They are worthless. Well, they're, they're completely worthless, but they, they are powerless because they've got to play nice with the football powers or the football powers will leave them and go create their own thing. So the NCAA does not have rule over a football, but they are used 
as enforcement agents. Okay, that's their role. That's their job. And they have rules and they handle eligibility and scholarships and, for lack of a better term, the paperwork, right? The, the, just the, I'm going to go blind by paperwork type assignment is what they have. Now, they, they have their arms around the College World Series and the NCAA tournament, and that's where they make a boatload of money off. So they, their say has standing and weight, but college football's grown too powerful. And I think you got to go back to a lawsuit uh, with Oklahoma, of all teams, uh, when it comes to be the ability to play on, on, on TV. That moment that happened where there was a, a, a court battle and, and it, it was deemed that you know schools could go pursue their own, not just their own TV deals, but they are not limited to, to once or twice a year, right, from an exposure standpoint. That's where all the teeth went out of the NCAA back then, and it's just grown because you have TV deals and many football programs do their own thing, make their own rules. So the NCAA kind of adheres to conferences, conference commissioners, uh, just so they're still at least part of the same neighborhood uh, opposed to being told to move out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's about the best I've heard it explained. You know, it, it, it's just like, you know, the the teams that are practicing and conferences are, that are still practicing thinking they might get a fall season, they're in essence getting an extra spring football practice. So, <laughs> they're, they're, I mean... They, well, and again, it comes down to the conference commissioners and, and what their bosses tell them to allow. And that's where I'm going. John, thank you for the input and the call. Appreciate you listening, man. Let, let's get to some transparency here. And, and I know Clay Travis has went off on this and I was talking to a buddy who's an attorney and I talked through this with him last night and the thing that I have a monster problem with and and back to the original question has your anger subsided or are you still kind of numb by it listen we have gone pinata on Kevin Warren and his handling is is horrific his communications poor and as I look back at this now with his with his BTN interview and his business sports journal interview, and even his sit down with Greenstein and the Athletic, way better in print, by the way, than he is on on camera. He looked like a guy, and he's hired to speak for the conference. And you've got to be able to be the bad guy and deliver bad news, and not get moved off your spot. You got to either enjoy being a villain or just understand that that's just part of the job. And and he clearly, as a rookie right now, uh, had a really bad start on Monday night. Okay, that's that's putting it mildly. But the transparency or lack thereof and the generalities is is maddening and and Nebraska fans want to know why other than medical information wonderful or uh you know health and safety you have an attorney that is gonna go hammer and chisel on the Big Ten and Tom Mars and he has filed Freedom of Information Act requests so that means electronic emails all the info. I need the whole ball of wax during these meetings. 
and you have 13 of the 14 Big Ten institutions that are public universities. They get public funding. They are open to the public. Meetings need to be held in public. There's so much secrecy around this vote that we, we finally get confirmation that it happened. I need, and Warren, Warren was put up to, to be a bulletproof vest. And I don't know if, if, if he had a take on things or he just was the messenger. But he's been bad at being the messenger. But I need, and I know where Nebraska stands. I know where Ronnie Green stands. I know where Teddy Ballgame stands. I know where Bill Moose stands. I know where Scott Frost stands. All right, with this vote, I need to know and I need an answer. Someone's got an answer. We're going to go. <laughs> We're going to go Donnie Brasco. I need an answer. I need an answer from the 13 other schools. Northwestern, they'll tell you to screw off because they're private. Make that 12. I need 12 other reasons. Need 12 other reasons. Tell me why. Brandon Vogel's next. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! We should run a contest, and uh, one lucky winner will get to do the new FDA-approved COVID tests. The, you know, the saliva test. And the lucky winner gets to swab Vogue's. Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity, are you on board with this? <laughs> um, you know, I guess if you can get a, a lot of people to, to enter, that seems like a really crappy prize. <laughs> but if, if, if somebody, somebody somebody's that interested, I'll... Uh, I'll certainly sign up to do it if it helps. You'll participate? <laughs> yep. Hey, you are a team guy, man. You are a team guy. There's uh, lots of I in team when we talk Big Ten, isn't there? Uh, Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. His book, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook, is a must-read. And uh, get a hold of that here for your fall. Vogues, what would you think of Commissioner Warren's response and open letter? Uh, I was looking through. No, oh, there's a former NFL guy at Ohio State, dude, who it reminded me of my, my English 101 class. The, the red pen of death was out several times with my C-plus grade. Uh, Bobby Carpenter went off and, and you know, put the old red circle around several sentences and phrases in uh, in that letter. What's you're a fantastic writer. What did you make of the writing? Um, I, I can't say I looked at it at that at that level. Um, I'll have to to go back. I mean, I was just I, I was I was kind of happy to have a little bit of additional information. I mean, the Big Ten and kind of. Kevin Warren, by extension, are here because, well, you know, there was a week between the announcement and and the follow-up letter, which at least provided some reasoning for the decision. So I was kind of more of in the, I guess, in the realm of thank you. Okay, this helps me understand this at least a little bit more. Um, there's still plenty more to to go through there, but for the most part, I was like, I, I was grateful, and even though it didn't make it any easier for for the conference commissioner to come out and say this decision will will not be revisited, um, 
at least at least I knew a little bit more then, uh, having read it, than I did before I hadn't. You know, and there was some explanations. Uh, fans who still hate this decision are, and I agree with them, are going to complain it's not specific enough. And I know Chancellor Green uh, had a, a sit down yesterday and kind of laid out some things as he was part of the process. Uh, your level of enthusiasm for, for January football, when we talk January plan, I'm going to be, uh, I'm not super high on it because I don't believe it's going to happen. Maybe I'll be wrong with that. I hope I'm wrong with that. But what do you think of the uh, the three hub choices potentially of of Indy or Minneapolis or, uh, hey, Detroit, right? I mean, do you think that that plan can work? It's getting It's getting shot at as well. Yeah, um, I would say I would say I'm pretty high on it actually. Uh, so when I when I first read that, I think it was a Jeff Petrakis mm-hmm. uh, report for the Wisconsin State State Journal. Uh, that was about as hopeful as I felt <laughs> in a while. I was kind of, I, I guess, my gut reaction was like, okay, okay, I can I can make it to January, and then the, the wheels kind of started spinning. I think you'd have to use multiple uh, neutral sites if you wanted to, and that's almost solely for for tv purposes but my mind kind of went to like okay so you got a january season all the big 10 teams are involved you've got seven games a week that's a double header on thursday a double header on friday night and then three games 11 30 and prime time mm-hmm. on saturday i was like all right I can sign me up for that i mean i have no idea if that's workable or possible or feasible um, but in, in a hope to like, let's see some football, you know, at some point I was, I, I was kind of on board. The way you said that, where you got a slew a, a Thursday through Saturday, you know, I can get roped into that. I just, I just hope it gets there. <laughs> when we talk about Nebraska and Brandon Vogels with this, uh, you can still have practices, uh, for the big red and you've got, uh, 12 hours of football each week. That'll start Monday. You know, what What can Nebraska get done? What can they focus on with no pads? Because that, that was, you know, the next step, right, was to start smacking one another and then amp up for, for some football in the fall. But what can you fine-tune or refine, I guess, out of pads to get you ready for January? Yeah, I think um... – so I guess my hope would be if, if you're if you're Nebraska, if you're looking at that, is that you could you could take some of the the disappointment over this decision. Um, and I mean, it, there, there's disappointment across the board. Um, Nebraska has been the one that's probably been most publicly called on it on a disappointment um, for for whatever reasons. You can take that and, and kind of pour it into into what is now an extended off season. Um, I mean, we know that all these teams lost their lost their spring practices to a, to a large degree. Um, almost all of them did. But if you look at it, like okay, there, there's a season happening at some point, and that, I'm not taking that for granted by any means. Like we hope there will be, but you've got twenty, you know. Well, 12 times, four months, you got all of this extended practice time. Like, how much better could you be? Uh, and if you're Nebraska, you're like, you know, we were coming out of year two, didn't make quite as many gains as, as we had hoped to. Um, 
we thought year three could could show a little bit of, of how far we'd come. But you know, I don't think any of us thought Nebraska was going you know ten and two in, in 2020. Maybe we we don't know. But so they they were still in that process. So can you take that and turn it to your advantage of like yeah you know what we weren't going to be we weren't going to be ready we weren't going to be a finished product by any means uh, come September 5th. So let's be closer to that by the time we do get to play, whenever that may be. Brandon Vogel's with us, salevarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. On Twitter is where you follow Brandon. Get his book, Dream Like a Champion, with John Cook. So they'll be shifting and a, a chance to stay focused. Vogues, and, and I'm wondering what, what happens here with Tom Mars, the sports attorney and former uh, NCAA attorney. And, and he's been, he was on Sirius XM earlier this week and, and he's been on, you know, quoted on social media about how he's going to fire the uh, Freedom of Information Act here uh, towards the Big Ten. Do you want to know who and how the overwhelming majority, and I'm quoting Green here, <laughs> and, and Warren voted? I do. I want to find out who said what and why and I want to know what schools are letting Commissioner Warren take these arrows I mean who who shut it down I, I know Nebraska wanted to go ball okay <laughs> they were a dissenter who else dissented and and who who was part of that that majority I guess and and I know I need the reasoning are, are you wanting more digging or are you ready to just turn the page I'm pretty ready to turn the page. I'm not sure what that what that ch- changes for me. Like we know where Nebraska was at, um, even if we don't officially know because nobody come, can come out at this point and officially say yet. But like, I mean, I just I, I don't see how it changes anything for me personally if I know that Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State, and Minnesota well, probably not Minnesota, but throw whatever other team you're in there were the four that wanted to play. And the remaining ten university presidents, because all the coaches, all the players—well, not all of them—but like yeah, you can, yeah, you can assume you. that most of the coaches, the players, the athletic directors—they wanted to play. Um, like I, I just don't—I I can't see myself watching big football two, three years from now and thinking Maryland—they're one of those teams that didn't want to go. Like to heck with those guys. I mean, it, it just doesn't change anything. The decision's the same. Like I, I, I don't see what it adds to the discussion. Um, and I know there's plenty of people out there who, who would like to know, but for in a, in a pure kind of nuts and bolts sense, I just, I, I don't personally need to know that bad because I don't think it adds anything. All right. That's, that's totally fair enough. And it's very big of you <laughs> to, to, uh, to, to you know what it is, man. You're a better dude than I am. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I'm just telling you my, my personal interest level in, uh, in the actual vote count. I mean, like right now, I'm thinking John Belushi, Animal Whole House, Wormer, Niedermeyer. I mean, that's, that's where I'm going with this. Where <laughs> Herbie Huskers going to stand up. There's going to be Schlitz bottles everywhere, and he's going to be screaming, Warmer! Niedermeyer! I forget the other members of the, uh, the fraternity house, the, the uh, 
they they used ramming speed on. Okay, it's time to to talk adoption. And, you know, last week we settled on Mississippi State. We'll we'll have plenty of contact with the Pirate during this college football season. That is going to be fun. And uh, Mississippi State, despite their cowbells, we'll see what he gets uh, uh, out of them with, with Costello and company. They open up with Easy Ed and and LSU. But you got to pick a, bell, a Big 12 team to kind of hone in on. And you got to pick an NFL team, folks. Who are, who are each team? You're going to be following more closely this fall, assuming they get through all the fall. Oh, good question. Got about uh, a minute. Big now. Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> I, I might need that long. I haven't thought about <laughs> Big Twelve yet. Um, <laughs> uh, Who? What? I mean, my default oh, yeah, answer yeah. might be might be might be might be Texas Tech. Okay. Uh, I've, I've always had I've always had some family ties there uh, to, to that university. Of course, love them when when Leach had that up and running. Uh, they're kind of the the Western Nebraska of uh, <laughs> of the Big Twelve, which which is which is where I'm from. Uh, awesome. Kind of desolate, not a lot out there. Uh, so I've always, and, and you know, they were a team that was probably better than their record showed last year. So yeah. I could I could go with them with with the NFL. That's going to be a tough one. Like I'm a Bears fan in name, but I just don't pay that much attention to to the NFL in general. And I've thought about that. I'm like, man, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to uh, get back in on this, this Bears team, unfortunately. <laughs> Truthfully, like if I'm just adopting a, a college football team in general mm-hmm. and the Sun Belt stays in, uh, I'm going with Appalachian State. You, I've always admired that fun. program. Went there for a game last year. And uh, that would be the one that I would watch every week if, uh, if they're still going. You just hit on something that we'll get into next hour. I mean, this is the first time in forever we're going to be able to go maybe watch another team <laughs> during the fall. So yes. uh, Damon and I will, will brainstorm that. Vogue, you stay safe and healthy and fire that barbecue up. We'll, we'll talk Saturday, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Rudy. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman's coming up to Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, in uh, about 20 minutes. Danny Burke, the Pride of Chicago, so a lot of pride in hour two. Uh, we'll get uh, Burke's best bets, some NBA Danny's thoughts on the SEC favorite. So a couple of different uh, things to tackle here. And thanks to Brandon Vogel. Good chat with him. 525, uh, Damon and I will discuss who we adopt from the Big 12. And, uh, you know, what's what's a place you've always wanted to visit during the college football season, but you just haven't because you've had a seat on one of those uh, West Stadium uh, sections and you've been screaming your head off in red and white, which God love you for doing it. So we'll we'll talk uh, maybe some some teams to to check in on here this fall, and and that tailgate destination. So uh, I want two thoughts here. One, you know what what's the outlook look like for the rest of the Power Five? And the SEC needs two other leagues with them, otherwise they they won't go forward. And there, there's in in as a football fan, you can either be disgruntled and so there's an even playing field 
you want things to cancel so there's no competitive advantage or you want to just see football because it is like church for you on Saturday. I, I'm not sure where the ACC is at, okay? And, and I say this not to cause panic that college football may go away because if the ACC decides to hit the brakes, that would cause major problems for the Big 12. And then in turn, there's a domino that, that takes down the SEC. But we know this. We know that people like to have a hell of a good time and party, at close distances in North Carolina, distance learning. Uh, we know that, that Syracuse has been a, a hot spot. We know there's been a mess and accusations at Florida State. Are you with me with three fingers up already? That's three in the ACC. And uh, the ACC's spend the night, buddy. Notre Dame has shut down on-campus, in-person learning and the head of notre dame you go back to this spring says you can't have students you can't have football we'll see if that holds up so we're up to number four now nc state also part of the acc has come forward today and said yeah we're going to go distance learning but that will not stop what we're going to do athletically so the wind has changed a little bit from students and football there is major concern about college basketball. Can that happen? I think, I think that there's going to be bubble situations put into play in place where you'll get some college basketball probably around the end of December and, and maybe you get into the new year with just conference only and then you figure out an NCAA tournament because – the NCAA will not go two years in a row without their biggest moneymaker happening. Health and safety, whatever. So I, I wonder to what level, what dial, where on the dial is the ACC at right now with moving forward with college football. That'll be something to honestly watch. And I hope they, they forge through, and I hope I see Mac Brown's Carolina team. I hope I see what... Um, what what Clemson's all about this year, and, and I want to see Clemson-Bama. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, and, and let's throw in a little Oklahoma. The other thing I want to talk about real quick is is where are you at? And I, I mean, the major outcry towards Commissioner Warren is not only his decision, not only his communication ability, but also the fact that he's a father, he had an interview with Nicole Arbach. Nicole's a friend of the show. She's with The Athletic. And one of the questions he needed to answer last night was, will you let your son continue to play football this fall? And uh, in that interview, again, Warren tried to dodge a speeding train. And his quote is, well, you know, as a family, we've had many difficult discussions regarding this issue. The decision we made in the Big Ten, we have to look at on a macro level. We need to focus on what's right for our nearly 10,000 student-athletes at all 14 institutions. Great. That's, that's a fair answer. Uh, my son, playing for Leach at Mississippi State, who are now doing padded practices, 
is not 10,000 student athletes. It's not the Big Ten. And when push comes to shove, Powers is going to play football. He's a redshirt junior tight end. And the outcry of hypocrisy is loud. How can you cancel the Big Ten and still let your kid play football? Two thoughts. One, you've got Powers, who's an adult now. He's going to be able to make his own call. But it is a a horrific look as commissioner to say it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to play football. It's too dangerous for to, to allow four or six schools in our Big Ten footprint to play football. But it's okay. And Mississippi is one of the highest infected states. I mean, if there's one place you can argue that, I don't know, maybe there'll be a problem with contact tracing and and folks avoiding the COVID, you can probably look at the, the, the numbers in Mississippi. They're, they're really bad with uh, positivity rates and, and new infections. So it's not just that his son is playing, but it's also where his son is playing. And is that something you're, you're holding against this commissioner? Or do you think it's, listen, it's, it's family, that's too personal. But it, it, it speaks to this whole process where you're telling us one thing, but you're allowing something else to happen. And that, that is frustrating. And specifically with the love and care and affection you have for your own flesh and blood, did, was it a heated argument? Expand a little bit for me. Tell me why that it. Tell me why it's okay for your kid to go play ball, but you're saying no to so many coaches and players here in your own conference. That's that's one other sticking point that is really hard to swallow if you're a, a Big Ten football fan and a Nebraska fan. I hope I hope his kid has a really good season for for the Pirate. I hope his kid stays safe and healthy. And good for the kid getting to play ball and making his own call to play ball. And that's the other thing. He should be able to play if he wants to play. But I think that should apply to the other teams in the Big Ten footprint that can get medically cleared by a UNMC, by a University of Iowa system, by a Michigan Medical Facility, by Columbus, and the University of Ohio State Medical Center that's just literally a a punt away from the south end of Ohio Stadium. We'll wind down hour one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, this first hour of the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. NBC Sports coming up. Get his take on the last 24 hours with the Big Ten. Nebraska football in January. Hey, we're used to it growing up. It's just usually been the Orange Bowl. And uh, what's your fall tailgate destination? Where do you want to go watch a football game? Now, I've always, and maybe I can make this happen, and we'll just take the equipment with us. We'll find a little saloon to go do the show from. But it'd be awesome to to go to a, a Mississippi State game. 
but it'd be really cool, and I know it's different this year with the Texas State Fair being punted. But give me Oklahoma, Texas. I've always watched that thing growing up. 11 o'clock. And just the party that that is. So Oklahoma, we'll, we'll dive in. There, there are some options. Can we make our way down? Because I think this year, the game's... I think the game's in Tuscaloosa, LSU, Bama. Now, I have no earthly idea what the price of seats are going to be. Been to South Bend. That was incredible for Nebraska-Notre Dame back in 2000. But Clemson rolls into South Bend. Now, Damon, you got some bros to go to Notre Dame, don't you? Um, I, I know one person who I went to high school with that went to Notre Dame. Famous last name? Yeah, you could say famous last name. So can you call your bro, Patrick Polini and say, hey, uh, <clears throat> want to do a show. Don't worry, we aren't asking your dad to, to come on, although that'd be really cool. Uh, but hey, can can you get us limited seating? Are, are you willing to, to extend that olive branch? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot a DM towards Patrick's way closer to the season, and uh, we'll see if we can get that going. I, I think it's a long shot. I'm not going to lie to you, but hey, I'll try. Okay, that, that'd be fun. Why don't we just do our own tour? Why don't we just do our own tour every Saturday? And we'll... It's been years since we've been to Lawrence. It may be September, and it, it may still be snowing in Ames, but that would be fun. We could coordinate with Vogel. And we we should just get a get a Heisenberg RV. Not for that, but just so we can load up a, a grill and a smoker. The Hell Varsity College Football Tour 2020. I've always wanted to do that. It would be fun. And later in life, when I get divorced, when she finally says you're out, um, you snore too loud and you breathe too putridly. That's what my plan would be. Uh, you know, we, we can go through some of the schedules on that. Uh, some thoughts next hour also on Tom Brenneman. He has been popped by Fox NFL. He is out of a gig. That mic is always on. And it is dangerous. It's not just how bad of what he said was said, but how he said it. It's pretty hateful. But... I mean, I watched Brenneman when he was with the Cubs for a little bit. Uh, Don't like what the guy said, clearly. Feel bad for the guy because his career is probably gone. Bill Dolman's on the way. Talk some Huskers. Pride of Fairbury on the way. Uh, Also, Danny Burke next hour with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. All right, a week from tomorrow, reminder, it is the uh, road show Friday out on the deck at Wilderness Ridge. Can't wait for that, man. It's going to be uh, 
Hopefully more August weather. I never thought I'd say that. But out on the deck doing a show, uh, 4 to 6, Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday, Wilderness Ridge. We will uh, commandeer our old buddy Mike Shuhart. Cranack is coming down. I will just trank dart him so he cannot leave. We welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman with us. At Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, I know we're usually a, a Friday date. What did the move you up? Uh, 24 hours, it's still fresh. Nebraska fans still hot. Many fans around the Big Ten still hot. Uh, with uh, at least some new communication from Commissioner Warren. And uh, still the answer that many don't want to hear. Are, are you still ticked off for the world of college football fans? Or have you been able to, to exhale a bit 24 hours later? Well, uh, first of all, this happening on a Thursday has really screwed up my week because, as you know, I rely on your Friday call to let me know know uh, what day it is. Uh, (laughs) So this is really going to throw things off just a little bit. Um, You you know, to to a certain extent, given what I have done and made my life's work, and that's being the, uh, the sports biz and somewhat on the media relations side and understanding how to read between the lines, you know, I, I, I've not all that been out of shape about it. Um, I think there's, I really thought that there would be a full scale uh, power five college football season. I didn't, it was not surprising that the Pac 12 wimped out. Um, it is surprising, though, that the Big Ten has, you know, basically, you know, fallen in line with, with the Pac 12's way of doing business. I don't think you'd see um, what's happening. You know, if Jim Delaney were still the boss of the Big Ten, uh, I, I think even back those days, the SEC looked up to Jim Delaney. He was such a power broker in uh, in college sports and collegiate athletics. Um, the the big the Big Ten looks weak. There's there's no question about it. Um, the Big Twelve is kind of like hanging out like it always does, just you know, <laughs> away from all of the arrows and just doing its little thing. Um, the ACC has certainly puffed its chest up and. And it's kind of aligned itself with the SEC, and and they look you know, all the stronger, um, you know. As so as the ACC has essentially ascended, the Big Twelve has you know descended, and that's that's really unfortunate. And it's it is a sign of the leadership that's that's in place. Um, it's been nothing but a week of you know, at least a, at least a week of, of backtracking, and you know it, it's almost like. Nebraska is kind of out of it now. Uh, Nebraska was the was the was the school, and I said this last week. It gave me so much pride. Nebraska was the the school, the program, the organization, and the state that that stood up and said, "Well, wait a minute here," you know, and showed and showed some balls and brought theirs in on the wheelbarrow, and you know everybody else is kind of like, "Oh, oh man, I can't believe they just did that." Nebraska is basically the Tanner Boyle of Chico's bail bonds. You know, they're the ones standing up. They're the ones that are you know stopping so up. Take and saying, your hey, stupid who? trophy and shove it. Well, you know that was and everybody else is Timmy Lupus. You know, standing up, going, yeah, take your trophy and shove it, right? <laughs> I mean, Nebraska's Nebraska's Ralphie beating the crap out of Scott Barkus, and everybody going, whoa, the bully's not so tough. And look how tough Penn State is this week. Look how tough Ohio State is this week. And all of a sudden, there's all these Big Ten teams saying, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And Nebraska's going. Um, where were you guys last week? Yeah. You know, um, I, I just maintain, I'm incredibly proud of Nebraska. 
Uh, I think the rest of the league looks weak. It's nice to see those other schools, you know, like going, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I guess we will flex some muscle. Those guys did it. Um, you know, and the, the parents have shown some muscle. I mean, it's just been amazing the way, you know, there's a community outside of the Big Ten office that has, you know, really stood up and said, what is going on here? And I think if people have been given a decent explanation, you know, if, if the Big Ten had been as well-spoken out of its office, as well as Scott Frost was in speaking Nebraska's piece for just simply wanting to play football, then I think things would be okay. But the Big Ten just had no message, and when they were talking, they weren't saying anything. Mm-hmm. And and I think people are going, what's, what's the deal here? And it, I think it's really been uh, a big blow and black eye to the, to the Big Ten's reputation. Bill Dolman's with us, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter's where you follow him. So there was some rumors floating around about some schools trying to get a, a fall season in place, uh, you know, about behind the scenes, some back channeling, and that was slammed shut by Commissioner Warren about three sentences into his open letter. I'm interested here with the fallout and specifically, Bill, you've done a lot of PR work, man. You've been in, in a lot of conference rooms or conference calls or, you know, uh, high-level meetings in your career. And and I'm interested, and I want to know. I want to know, and I want the the presidents who voted the way they voted and the why they voted, okay? And you can, I need more than health and safety, all right? So if this lawyer... Tom Mars gets freedom of information and gets emails and gets communications between the league office and and chancellors and presidents. I want to know what was said, why it was deemed and, and who, who were the, the power voices to the presidents in the medical community? Because Nebraska has been moving forward with UNMC right there as guidance. Who's got more, Huspa uh, than than the than UNMC, and you've got other you've got other players. You've got Northwestern. You have Michigan. You have you have Iowa's medical facility and community. You have Ohio State. Bill, I need to know why some of the presidents voted. I mean, Warren's been a disaster, but Warren's doing the bidding of the the presidents and chancellors who voted this thing down. I need to know and hear from those those people. I mean, and, and 13 out of the 14 are, are public institutions. Nebraska's on their own, and, and they had some some other voices that agreed with them. I just don't know how many. You know, I think by the time you get the answers to all of those questions, people are going to forget that the 2020 season was, uh, wasn't even played. That, that's going to get buried so far under paperwork and tied up in red tape. And people will be out of their president's offices in the years to come, you know, and off uh, into retirement before we ever really get to the bottom of it's all It's going to be that delayed, you think? Okay. Uh, to, to, oh, yeah, I know. I just don't see where, again, the only school that's been out there saying, here's what we want to do is, mm-hmm. is, is Nebraska. And you're right. It, it, it has the U. I I said this last week. One of the foremost, you know, medical research and uh, functioning facilities in the world is uh, the University of Nebraska Medical Center. It was one of the most talked about places when this whole uh, pandemic broke out. 
you know, I, you know, I watch the news, and there there are doctors at Yale that have been, you know, talking about the pandemic in in ways that you weren't hearing necessarily out of Washington. And now all of a sudden, it's Yale that's developed some type of test with the NBA. Why wasn't that being talked about over the last you know few weeks and months? Here's the, here's the thing that I that I continue to question, and when you hear about the survival rates. Okay. Well, first of all, when you hear about the numbers, okay, what was it like a few weeks ago? There were 14 people at, at Michigan State or something mm-hmm. that had tested positive in one round of testing. Rutgers had had a uh, you know a couple of dozen people that had tested positive within their program, and they traced that back to uh, a, a potential campus party or something. And there have been a few other places around the country. I'm just talking specifically in terms of collegiate athletics. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the general population, but how are these people getting healthy? You know, what is it that the 14 people at Ohio, at Michigan State that tested, I would assume that they're healthy by now. How? What did Michigan State do other than quarantine those people to get them on the mend to where you don't hear about, you know, one, two, five, seven of those 14 that are in a perilous state? You don't hear that. You don't hear what, what what's going on with those people at Rutgers to where they had a bit of an outbreak or the, you know, what was it? Nine the other day at Oklahoma, what procedures are these schools putting in place to help those who test positive? You don't hear about that at all. Wouldn't that be a useful bit of information to share that, you know, Hey, we had these people tested at at Michigan state and we are using, I know it's controversial, the hydroxychloroquine procedure that doctors have talked about that, you know, was part of, you know, something that President Trump said a few months ago. Are they using another? Are they using remdesivir? Are they using what are these places using that are helping these athletes to overcome or the people within the program overcome their positive tests? Were there any positive tests that were actually false positives? But you don't hear anything about that. You don't hear about the procedures that these schools are putting in place. It's all about the amount of testing. So I, I think there is so much, not just misinformation, zero information that nobody is hearing anything about. And that's why when I, I, I say, when I go way back to your question, you can put all of the freedom of information you know, requests out there and all of the parents of Ohio State and Nebraska can, can you know, go to the Big Ten office. I'm not sure anybody else's parents are going or whether they even care, but you're not going to get any kind of information until way down the road. And they hope the powers that be hope that this all just kind of goes away quietly. I don't think it's, that's going to happen, Mm -hmm. but I don't think you're going to get any answers. I mean, you know, the big 10 going back to when, when Kevin Warren talked to uh, uh, Dave Revson in that very first interview where he talked and talked and talked and talked and said nothing, you know, so they're just kind of going out there, but you're not hearing anything. You're not learning anything. And I don't think you're going to learn anything about anybody's procedures, anybody's plans, any information, anybody's remedies. I, I just think that this is all something that these academics who are all smarter than us, all of the Poindexters, Gilbert and Lewis's, who all think they're smarter, are just going to hope that this goes away and we'll forget about their incompetence. Bill, I, I might need to keep you an extra partial next segment. I got about three minutes. We've got health and safety on the table. We have liability on the table. How much of this uh, this pie chart is also the academics wanting to put the athletics in their place? Well, any, is I, I, any any part of the conversation? 
Maybe, but but I I don't think that that that's going to be a, a way for the academics at some of these institutions to be even heard. You know, places that are that are let's say, let's face it, football factories or, or athletic factories. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to go with. You know, you're going to look at the bottom line and go. As the old saying goes, ain't nobody donating to you know millions of dollars because they have a great chemistry department. Right. You know, nobody says that the uh, the Department of Physics is the front porch to the university, you know, and no place in the country is the university's athletic program more a part of the culture and community of a state and the identity than at the University of Nebraska. And I believe that it's it's an honorable position mm-hmm. for Nebraska athletics. And I don't just say football. Because I think Nebraska athletics are very important, uh, no matter what the sport is, and especially at this season of volleyball. How's volleyball not being able to be played? Uh, you know, there's no contact there. I uh, don't have any idea. Yeah, but uh, that, no, that's just kind of it's 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 placed again, you know, I guess, in the universal uh, world. But in Nebraska, it's incredibly important. Um, but I, I, yeah, there might be academicians and pointy heads who say, you know, ha ha, you're about to get yours. Well. That that to me that's that's not gonna that's gonna be an argument that's gonna last very long. Bill, uh, two minutes here. Uh, a thought uh, on this winter schedule and maybe uh, a post Super Bowl mid February schedule. I mean, those are a couple of options. You've got Frost and, and Moose, a part of the competition committee, and uh, schedule could be September for either January or or beyond. Are you have you shifted okay to next man up, so to speak? Well, let's let's get it going in January. Are, are you excited about that, or do you think that's just more lip service uh, because there won't be a season? No, well, I, I don't know how you're going to pull that off and, and say, hey, there's six games we're going to play in uh, in Nebraska in January. You'll still get ninety thousand people at the game. Right, you're not going to get nine thousand people at a game at, at Illinois. You're not going to get you know nine thousand people at a game at Northwestern in January. But you'll damn damn well sell out Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. You know it's because it's a special place. But I just don't see how you're going to say we're going to play six meaningful games or eight meaningful games in January and February and turn turn around and say well and we're we're going to limit the schedule because of the the, the toll it takes in the body and we're going to play ten games in the fall. I've read, I've heard that it's going to be like a sixteen and a ten or an eight and a ten. You're going to play ten games in the fall. That doesn't make any sense when you've got you know good weather and and opportunities for places to really showcase themselves. You know something that's getting lost for some of these northern schools. It's kind of the same old baseball argument. Uh, is is if you're going to play football in Nebraska and Minnesota and Iowa City and Michigan in you know, January and February. Meanwhile, the SEC is going, hey, look, it's still 60 degrees in January down here. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of recruiting advantage is that going to be? And I would imagine that's got to be a concern when those people on the competition committee get together and they say, yeah, we're not only just competing on the field, we're competing for recruits here. You are, and, and you've got some dome dome options. Bill, can I get yeah, five they, more minutes? Are they, are they going to play people in the bubble? Are they, are, are all the games going to be held in Indianapolis? Could be. I, I mean, the, it'll lay out. Do you have five more minutes in you? I've got till whenever I've got, I've got, I've got work coming up. I think at Thanksgiving. Okay. So uh, let me, let me go by then. Okay. Hang on the line. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC sports going to hang on the line with this a little bit more with him 
on college football in Nebraska. It's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes, Bill Dolman's with us. Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, at Bill Dolman on Twitter, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Billy D, do you have any, um, any shoots this week? No, not until they start uh, shooting targets in uh, Europe and doing some biathlon. And boy, do we need biathlon. I'm, I'm the asking needs about more biathlon. The, the, you know, the, the, the blonde mattress shooting. <laughs> uh, no, but I am shooting a, a, a commercial for uh, some uh, spying company next week. You really? So, yeah, so you, you, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I see yeah. this. Well, I see this uh, on late night cable as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I heard something about a uh, hospital gown, so perhaps there's nurses involved. I, I really uh, don't know. I haven't seen the script yet. <laughs> okay, uh, so this is a unique opportunity for uh, football fans that have descended on 10th and Vine for decades to make their way to a football game that allows 22% capacity for uh, another look-see. I'm I'm circling. I, I would like to get down to Texas, Oklahoma. I know it's not at the Cotton Bowl, but that's the one game I've not gone to that I've always wanted to go to. Is there a is there a is there a team or a game now that there's no Nebraska football this fall that you would take a breather to and, and either adopt or go check out that you've not well, seen. I, I, I don't think there's anything more lovely than Ames in November, but uh, I've already <laughs> been there and done that. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you that the, the one place that I would that I would love to go to is uh, Michi Stadium at the West at the uh, Military Academy in West Point. Okay, Army. Army. Um, I'm not exactly. You know, they don't think they really necessarily have to worry about uh, overflow and capacity crowds and setting um, uh, social distance guidelines. Unless the Air Force is playing, and of course they play Navy sure. uh, in Philadelphia, but everybody I've ever spoken to uh, who has gone to a game at Michi Stadium, it says you you go there at and get ready like at five o'clock in the morning for the six o'clock, uh, the six a.m. march of the cadets, and it's it, it's a beautiful area. I've been in that area, but I've just never been to a game. But to see the incredible pageantry of the cadets uh, prior to a home football game and. And just the setting is is spectacular. So that would be probably if I had a bucket list of going of places to go to see a game, that would be uh, maybe first on my list. I mean, I, on the banks of the Hudson, I've seen still pics of it with you know the the autumn colors, and you've got Army kicking off, plus they're running option football. That's a great yeah. call. Uh, LSU Bama, or is there an SEC venue you'd go check out? I've done a game at LSU before, and uh, that's where I the first time I had seen uh, where children in pre-K and kindergarten are uh, taught which fingers to use when the opposing uh, team drives into town about eight hours before game time. I was I was pretty impressed at the uh, the illicit passions of the the little toddlers down there in Tiger Country. Uh, so I've, I've been there for for a game at, at LSU. And it is, it is quite the experience. Um, certainly, Alabama would be fun. Auburn would be fun. Um, you know, a lot of places in, in SEC country. But to me, the nothing can compare to what 
you know, people back home get to experience, you know, six or seven uh, days a year when a game's at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. It is the Citadel of college football, if you ask me. Okay, I'm going to have you throw on your NBA hat because you spent a lot of time doing the NBA. Damian Lillard and how incredible he's been playing. I know it's Lakers and Blazers again tonight. Does he have enough for, for a second act this evening? Or do you think L.A.'s woke up or they're in trouble? Uh, I think Damian Lillard right now is the best player in the NBA, and I'm not sure it's necessarily close. He is, he's, he's kind of willed that team through the bubble mm-hmm. to get to where they are. So uh, I, I don't think you count Portland out of any game or any series, no matter how they far make it into the, uh, into the playoffs. So uh, I, I, I've been incredibly impressed by the chemistry. They've got one guy. He's supposed to have the big three, mm-hmm. right, in the NBA. And he, he's really it for Portland. And I think, <laughs> I think it'd be great for Portland uh, because maybe that might distract some of the other things that are going on in that city if they actually made it into the finals. But uh, I think he's been fantastic. And it would not shock me if they uh, knocked off the Lakers. Okay, uh, last thought. And uh, I'm not asking you what should happen to the guy. I'm asking what you think happens to the guy. Tom Brenneman, longtime broadcaster, uh, had a hot mic, said what he said. NFL's already punted him. Cincinnati's suspended him. Do you think Brenneman keeps his uh, baseball job, or do you think he's done? I think he might be done. Uh, I, I think it's really unfortunate. Um, that's a uh, that's a pretty brilliant career that got you know saw him. His, his dad's a legend in mm-hmm. in, in baseball, and, and Brenneman I think started doing games for the Reds back in when he was like twenty three years old or something like that. Um, but uh, I think that's a moment that it, in this climate is a lesson for. Uh, everybody and certainly anybody who uh, is in the business of broadcasting, no matter whether it's sports or entertainment or news, uh, the mic is always on. The phone is never hung up and delete is your friend when it comes to Twitter. I've told you many times mm-hmm. my rule of thumb and when it comes to Twitter is the rule of 99, write something down and read it 99 times and then delete it. Um, and uh, I, I think, I think maybe, I think maybe Tom Brenneman's uh, you know career might uh, very well be uh, be over, and, and it was a long career. I'm sure he's very well set up for whatever the future might be, but uh, that was a lesson for everybody. You just got to watch your mouth, watch your thoughts, and keep a lot of things to yourself. Bill, uh, this just coming out from the Journal Star. Athletic Director Bill Moose says there are no plans for the Huskers to cut athletic programs. But there's going to be a $100 million hit. Uh, a thought on naming rights to Memorial Stadium. And also, if, if you're the university and the athletic department, you've got a lot of banks that help sponsor you. Are you proactive and maybe securing a short-term low-interest loan to help stabilize and offset this, uh, this $100 million hit? Well, Kansas just took out a $20 million line of credit. Uh, I read that to today, um, you know, and, and that just goes to show you how important football is even to a, a, a loser program like Kansas. The only reason they had such a high increase in their uh, attendance last year was because Les Miles was on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got a school that's known for its basketball, but basketball ain't paying the bills. It might be at a high profile, but it's, you know, football is still the engine. 
And we can talk about this at another time. You know, when you go back to conference realignment back in 2010, 11, and 12, uh, when it comes to that stuff, because that, you know, that was something that was so affecting to us. You know, I, I think if you're Nebraska, and you mentioned that Bill Moose and Scott Frost are on the competitions committee, mm-hmm. I'll guarantee you that when they're in that boardroom with the other, you know, schools and whatnot, people are looking to Nebraska like, what do you guys think? You know, two weeks ago, it may not have been that way, mm-hmm. but I'll guarantee you that Nebraska's got some, you know, cachet and some clout, and their opinion matters in those boardrooms. And so how are, how are you guys going to handle this? Because Nebraska, it is so vitally important financially, not just for the, uh, the, the program, but for the state, that Nebraska has some success. I don't think it's not I, – I would, I would not doubt if, you're, if, you're, if Bill Moose is thinking about, you know, perhaps some advertising on uniforms. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you've already got some of that in the NBA. Why, why couldn't Nebraska have uh, a little more NASCAR look to them on, on their uniforms? Um, that might be a way that some of these programs have to go. It would certainly be difficult. I shouldn't say difficult. It'd be, it'd be kind of sad if all of a sudden Memorial Stadium, you know, the, the, that wonderful facility, all of a sudden had a label slapped onto it. But that's just the, you know, well, the era that we live in now. Everything is commercialized. So you, you, eventually you get over it. But I'm sure that that's there's some, something that they're looking into. And when it comes to name, image, and licensing and all of that for the individual athletes, not just in football, if you're a Nebraska volleyball player, you are very marketable in that state um, that maybe you have, you know, some type of advertising that's going to go uh, on the uniforms. Uh, maybe the athletes are, you know, given an opportunity to get in a little onto that as well. Um, I'm glad that he has said that some of those programs are safe, but I'm sure that's safe for the time being. Mm. Um, that because just that's just the way it is. But Nebraska knows the value of athletics, and I'm sure he will be very protective because I think he understands how important it is. Had it been some of the other people who have sat in that chair, not named Tom Osborne, I'd be a lot, I'd be not just a little worried. I'd be a lot worried. Yeah as to what the future of Nebraska athletics were. Bill Dolman's with us. Bill, it'd be interesting what you could get for a uh, a, a, a product placement uh, on the back of the Husker helmet or near that red N uh, for, if you're a company or a logo uh, with uh, with making some money here and in, in doing the endorsement it, or naming it, thing. It, I mean, just look at the NBA. It's, it's, it's tastefully done, but it's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's just the, that's just the way it is. And and maybe Nebraska is at the forefront of doing something like that because, as we talked about last week, the NCAA certainly is the governing body for a lot of sports and some of football. But when it comes to those Power Five school, Power Power Five conferences, I, I'm telling you, this is a period of time in which those those powers that be within the Power Five. They are looking at ways in which that they're going to be able to break off and create their own, you know, Division One FBS or whatever college football organization. They're going to look back to the 1980s and see what they did right, see what they did wrong, and see why they couldn't move forward. And in this climate, I think that there's that there's a group of people that are saying now is the time for us to to break free and create our own corporation. And I think it's just a, a matter of time. And you know, let me say this too. I think you know there are two power brokers really to me in college football right now. One is Scott Frost, and two is Justin Fields. And if I'm Justin Fields and I'm looking at my market value going down as dramatically as it probably is going to go because the NFL has said it's not going to move its draft, if I'm Justin Fields, 
I, I make a power play. I say, you know what? If you're not going to be pl- let me play here, I'm going to transfer again. Mm. And I'm going to go back to Georgia, who lost a quarterback to the NFL draft. And I know we're talking about mid-August right now, but nobody's playing until September. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm saying, look, I have a potential of losing millions of dollars because you're not going to let me play right now. And I'm certainly not going to play six games on ice in January and February. So I'm going to transfer to a place where I can go play, showcase my skills, increase my stock, and get drafted in April. And you can stop me if you want to try, but I've got, I've got plenty of attorneys who are part of this college football power you know, circle who are going to try to get me eligible. I, I'd love to see him try to, to do that. And I know that there are some SEC schools that would say, Justin Fields, <laughs> Vanderbilt, you know, someplace like that. Man. Why not? Yeah, if I'm, why not? If you're not going to get a play, because you know he's not going to play in the winter, that's just not going to happen. Um, why not make a power play like that and see what the NCAA does? We'll see if he does it. Bill Dolman's with us. Pride of Fairbury, brother. It was fun to chat. We'll do this again next week. Thanks for jumping on today. Could you guys call me tomorrow just to let me remind me that it is Friday because I might get lost between now and then. We can double dip. We'll, we'll, I'll shoot you a text. <laughs> <laughs> right. See you, man. Go Big Red. Bye. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. All right, let's check in with Danny Burke, VEASAN Network, and also host of Best Bets in the Windy City. Danny Burke on Twitter at Danny Burke Five. He is the Pride of Chicago, and it's Burke best, Burke's best bets time. Well, Pride of Chicago, we got some horrid news that I don't know that we weren't. It wasn't unexpected, but we got it anyway from you know kind of the final nail from the Big Ten yesterday. So I've been crying in my beer for a while, uh, but my friend, there are uh, there are SEC games to, to to bet as we speak now. Uh, but let's let's start on some NBA. Does that sound all right with you? Smitty, that sounds perfect, my man. I know, like you said, it's a little bit of a somber day. We knew it was coming. It seemed like, I mean, it, it was impossible for us not to get our hopes up as Big Ten members and fans, right? But uh, the inevitable downfall is kind of what occurred here. So, yeah, at least we have some basketball and other sports to look forward to in the meantime, my friend. Well, kind of narrow down your your feel, your gut, and what you like here about Portland and L.A. Game two tonight tips off at eight o'clock. And uh, what what a what a fascinating run <laughs> Damian Lillard's had. And he's he's a beauty to watch anyway. But now he's he's putting the Superman cape on. Can he do it again? I talked to Dolman about that. You know, he spent a lot of time in the NBA, and and he's not wrong with uh, Dame may may be the best dude in the league right now. What are your thoughts here? Minus six and a half L.A. game two. Well, so actually, Smitty, the wager that I had for today, I did a parlay with the Heat and the Lakers. I also laid the four with the Heat. I thought the Heat were going to be a good play today. And really throughout the rest of the series, they kind of started resting their guys toward the end. And I'm still just pretty bearish on this Pacers team. So I figured it would also be a good opportunity to take the safer route along with laying the four with the Heat and, and parlay with another team. And I figured that team would be the Lakers. Now, I know a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing. It's a popular play. The upset comes in the first game from the eighth seed. All right, bounce back game for the one seed, and LeBron and Lakers are going to dominate. I don't necessarily think that. 
Um, if it keeps going up, I know it's at six and a half. If it's got to seven or above, I haven't checked in a little bit, but that would be a good opportunity probably to take the points with the Blazers, Schmitty. I do think, like I said, I mean, I think the Lakers get the win. I think Anthony Davis is primed to have a big game here. LeBron James is probably just going to be dishing it out and facilitating more so than ever because that's really what happens when they get this offense going. You see Anthony Davis put upwards of 30 to 40 points, get maybe 15 to 18 rebounds. LeBron James getting, you know, near a triple-double. So, I, I, in my heart, of course, I'm rooting for the Trailblazers. Damian Willard is arguably, he's probably my top two favorite player in the league, as I'm, I would hope he would be most people's favorite player. He doesn't really do anything wrong. He's just so fun to watch, most electric player to watch as a down really since last season. So am I going to be mad if the Trailblazers win? Oh, part of me, not really, because it would be cool to see him win. But where my money's at, it was with that parlay with the Lakers. I do think the Lakers went outright. Do they cover I don't necessarily – I'm not that confident on that, Schmitty. I would probably look to take the points with the Blazers, but this would probably be a game where I'd wait to see what happens in that first half, look for something in the second half, maybe down to the stretch of it. But like I said, the opportunity that I really like was just parlaying the Heat and uh, the Lakers' money line in this matchup. No real thoughts on the spread too much. Any Anything in-game that, that – how's that been rolling for you? Danny Burke's with us, Pride of Chicago, works for VEASAN out in Vegas – uh, handicapping and odds, and, and of course, uh, best bets in uh, Chicago on 890 uh, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. You're, you're pretty keen on, and it's not just basketball, but you do well with uh, kind of the way the flow is going with, with in game betting, don't you? Yeah, so basketball is really the biggest sport where I think you can profit off of the in-game opportunities. And I think a lot of people prefer that just because of how much the NBA fluctuates, Schmitty. I mean, it's a game of runs, as everybody knows. And you're really stressing out the whole time if you're watching it consistently. So that's kind of also a big reason I like to do it, too. So, like, I can get a good feel for it. Who's got the flow? Who's got the momentum? It, I just feel a lot more confident once you understand how these teams are playing a little bit. You see which side that momentum is leading towards. Now, I will say this return to play has been a little bit tricky with it because in most situations, take the Clippers, for example, where you've seen them down late in games multiple times, and you just kind of think, okay, Kawhi's going to come back and take over, and he has, but sometimes it hasn't been enough. I know a lot of my friends love to do that. It's a big favorite who's down late, good opportunity to live bet them because they're down. And a lot of times, sure, they can come back and win, but I would probably say a little bit more often than not in this return, you see some of these underdogs eventually pull through. You saw it. With the Mavericks last night, they handled the Clippers pretty well down late in the stretch. So it's been a little bit trickier in that situation. I will say, though, uh, when it was the Blazers versus the um, – I'm blanking on who they were playing to get into the final game. Maybe it was the Grizzlies. Yeah, um, Grizz, I think. Into the playoffs. Yeah, so that was the game where I live bet them because they were down 10 going into the fourth quarter or whatever, and they were catching one and a half going into it. And I'm like, okay, well, they obviously need to win this game to go into the playoffs. We've seen Damian do this so many times. It seems inevitable that it's going to happen again, and they end up winning by one in that game. So that's a situation where I really carved that out and thought it was a good opportunity. There have been some, like I said, where you think there is, and it just doesn't come to fruition. But now that it's the playoff spitting in these games, matter like 100%. I mean, those eight-seeding games for some teams matter, for some teams didn't. I think it'll be a little bit easier to kind of feel out where the good betting opportunities are. So I would seek those out more so. In my opinion, I like to do it a little bit more so in the second half. Um, heading into the fourth quarter, if anything. Danny Burke's with us at Danny Burke Five on Twitter. So let's get into some Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I look at the record of of San Diego and Baltimore, and I remember what a month ago we're going through the 
you know, no shot in hell <laughs> teams, <laughs> you know, a, a thousand to one, uh, you know, 5,000 to one odds for, for World Series. But and I'm not going you know off that cliff, but San Diego uh, got a matchup with the Rangers tonight. You got the cards and the Reds. And uh, of course, uh, you, you have Oakland that, that has I mean, Oakland's incredible, man. And they, they just keep doing their thing. But who have you been on with MLB? And is there anybody you like tonight? Or is it just not a great matchup this evening for, for some teams? Have you looked at MLB this evening? You know, personally, I did look at it today. There wasn't anything in particular I seeked out. I was a little bit interested in the uh, Cardinals-Reds game today uh, with Wainwright and uh, Sonny Gray going on the bunk because Wainwright's had some pretty good numbers. But if you look at it deep down, if you look at his exit and just some of the deeper numbers, he's kind of due for a little bit of a setback here. And Sonny Gray, look, the dude's just been dominating too, but the Reds' offense has been a little lackluster as of now. So I ended up staying away from that one. That's what I'm going to get. I'm just going to see how that goes out and kind of use that as a tool going forward. Um, as for the Padres, look, the Rangers for me were a team going into the season I thought were worth a flyer to make the playoffs, especially when he had the expanded playoff. I still think they, of course, can have a chance to do that. But um, this Padres team on the other side, they're just so fun right now. I mean, how oh, can you yeah. not root for Ted Geese? If you're just an old school guy, I mean, come on, pound sand at this point. Like, <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so fun to watch him. I mean, come on, that's what baseball means. I don't know why they're so against it. It's a sport that's losing ratings, and you need a guy like Ted Geese, like a Javi Baez, those type of guys, Tim Anderson, too, to spark the crowd and get a new generation of an audience, and he's doing exactly that. It's so fun to watch. So, yeah, this Padres team is legit. Um, they're a team who can't have that spark in the shortened season as we're seeing right now, Schmidt. It's just a matter if their bullpen can hang on. Danny Burks with us, pride of Chicago, Burks' best bets, and uh, you hear him on the airwaves, Chicago 890, and then Vison, uh, Sirius XM 204 at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Give Danny a follow and a listen. Pride of Chicago, be good. Have a good weekend. We'll, uh, we'll holler next week, bud. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan, Schmidt. Have a good one, too. All right, we'll wind down to Thursday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday, Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Again, a week from tomorrow, the uh, road show out at Wilderness Ridge on the deck. And uh, when I think of Dex, I think of folks that have seen Deb the spa lady over the years, and they've got that hot tub and spa they go enjoy. And it's been phenomenal weather. Deb, it's great to get caught up with you. And uh, I tell you what, no time like right now to to load up on that that hot tub, that swim spa to to complement your fall backyard. That's so true, Chris, because... You know, now of all times, I think we need to, sometimes we just need to get away from it all, you know, just go and sit and not think about anything, just relax, and it does take you away. It it makes you think you're, you know, you're in your own little world when you're in your hot tub. You're relaxing, the water is warm, the jets are working on your back and your sore muscles. It is really heaven on earth. Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, located 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha. You can log on, spasonline.com. And, Deb, I know that from a manufacturing standpoint, you've been front and center being able to get 
your tubs in. Tell yeah. me, tell me about the uh, the the swim spa because you know what that sounds like a heck of an idea to work out and relax this fall. And that's yes, that's something you use year round. And we have been very lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it. We ha- are still getting inventory. We're getting our spas. There are a little um, longer lead times than before, but at least we're getting them. And we we thought ahead when this all started and started ordering way back then. So we got our name in and our our loads were in the in a queue. Mm. So now we're gradually getting tubs in. So we have inventory, but we don't have a lot. We've got <laughs> a little bit of everything. So. Don't let it get, you know, if you're looking for one, you need to come in and, and see us right away. Deb, you got a you got a spa of the week you want to tell folks about? Oh, wow. I got to think what we have left. I would say <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our spa of the week, whatever is there. That's <laughs> so awesome. We, we've got a couple spas. You know, we've got the 7x7 seven seven foot and the 8 foot by 8 foot. Those are the most common sizes. So we've got a couple, I think, models of each of those sizes. Well, I think uh, with fall football, we'll... We'll uh, bring some beer and we'll we'll plop all into the uh, the old hot tub. We'll put some Kansas City Chiefs football on. How's that? That sounds like a good plan. I think that's a great idea. Deb, I'll bring the beer and TV. Okay. Okay. Hey, you don't need to bring the TV. I got one. Beautiful. Right. So that's good. right. You Deb the Spaller. That'll be great. Twentieth uh, and Highway Two in Lincoln, off Industrial Road in Omaha. Go see Deb today. Home Innovation Spots. Deb, hours real quick. When can folks come visit? 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4 on Saturday. Debbie, you take care. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Debbie, the spa lady. That's the plan. All right. We will will watch football and baseball. We'll do so from a hot tub. Uh, The bunny will need a life jacket. She's allergic to water. She's kind of like a gremlin. But I will get my wife in a hot tub, and we will watch sports. The thing is, is getting Junior to stay out of it with the the Cheeto fingers can be problematic. Thanks for spending time today. Back at you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Take care.